0: This is the M.D.'s Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader,
1: giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Let's
0: talk about Seattle, Detroit. The line is loving Detroit after they beat up on Kansas City and probably somewhat because Seattle dropped the ball against the Rams. Detroit is favored at home at minus 5.5, the over-under at 49. Believing, you know, when we had this big high-powered scoring game last year, maybe we get some reflections of that. I'm not touching the over-under. If anything, I'm probably going to go under. Detroit's defense showed me. It did get a little bit better. I think it's a little bit overblown because if we have Travis Kelsey was out there, I think we would have seen a different result, but did get a little bit better. And Gino looked bad against a really bad defense last week. I think this actually might wind up being lower scoring than people are picturing. I'm actually going to take, I'm not taking the lines at the five and a half, but I am going to take the under on this game. Chase, let's talk about Gino. Cause I got him at QB 14 holding the spot because again, it is the lion's, Fireworks could happen. The offensive firepower is there. I'm not going to say that he's totally the dream and quarterback all again after just one week, but it did not look good, and there's no way he's in my starting lineup this week after playing the Rams and only playing up 112 passing yards. Do you have faith in Geno moving forward, or is he coming back down to what he was before last year?
1: I don't know if he'll be as stratospheric as he was last year and be the number 5 quarterback in the league. I, I have him as I have him 15 this week. I'm quite right in line with you. I agree with you. I there's, there's too much there for him. There's too many weapons and, and there's too much talent on that team right now to totally discount him or, or, you know, and toss him aside. He did show that he had ability last year in this, and especially in this offense, the way they want to use him. But uh, you know, Hey, number five, do we, does anybody really think he's the number five quarterback in fantasy or otherwise? it was the truth was probably always somewhere in the middle. And, uh, you know, right now I want to see more out of him before I want to rely on him as my number one quarterback. So,
0: yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. If he doesn't do it this week against Detroit, then we're probably going to leave Geno Smith right there on the waiver wire. Uh, Adam, let's talk about Kenneth Walker a little bit. And I got him. I'm actually a little couple spots lower than UCR. They got him at 10. I got him at 12. doesn't matter. So call him an RB one. Here's what I was impressed with. He was the lead back. He had 18 opportunities. Charbonnet was a backup. DJ Dallas was annoying. He actually played on two-minute drills. Why they have this fetish with DJ Dallas, I don't know. Hopefully it goes away sooner rather than later. His his prize rushing prop right now is 60-and-a-half. I like that a lot against Detroit, if he's going to be the lead guy. What say you?
2: Yeah, I, I think they've shown them, shown us that for now at least he's going to be the lead guy, and I don't think that's a situation that's going to change rapidly. Uh, I I do think that Charbonnet is going to slowly kind of climb the ladder here, but I think that's going to be a slow process by closer to mid season rather than it being a, you know, a week or two from now. Um, so yeah, I, I I feel like Kenneth Walker is still very safe right now.
0: It's just I don't understand the fetish would like, we have to have a Travis Homer. we have to have a DJ Dow just just yeah,
1: that's that but that's the thing, Dan, like you just said, let's not pretend like it's it's a new thing for the Seattle know. backfield to be an annoying cluster, you know what. <laughs> I mean, they've always done this no matter who's been talented or who's been healthy or who's been not healthy. And DJ Dallas is still going to have that annoying role in my opinion until and unless uh, Charbonnet becomes the lead based on something happening to Kenneth Walker, honestly, Uh, you know, I think that Charbonnet takes over the DJ Dallas annoying role from the standpoint of a Kenneth Walker owner. But uh, I mean, Charbonnet can do it all compared comparatively to Kenneth Walker. So until that happens, until he ascends to the top of that room, which remains to be seen if it happens or not, it's just, yeah, you're not going to get everything that you should be getting out of it because it's going to be going in three different directions.
0: Two-minute drill, Pete Carroll. Two-minute drill. Really? We need DJ Dallas a two-minute drill? Jesus. Uh, Let's talk about David Montgomery, who is my RB13 on the week. Chris, I'm going to get you in on this one because we were preaching this all off season that David Montgomery was going to lead the way, was going to get the touches, and Jameer Gibbs was going to have the DeAndre Swift role. That's exactly how it played out on Thursday night. What did you take away from that? Do you think this maintains?
3: Um, I think it's going to be, you know, sway a little bit more to Gibbs being more involved as the season progresses. I think you're going to see more of a Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara role eventually formulate in this backfield. They did spend the draft capital on Gibbs. They do have, I think, the vision of him being Alvin Kamara. But I think right now, especially against the Chiefs, what they were trying to do is be out physical as team. They had a game plan that they were going to be physical. They were going to try to establish a lot of scrimmage, and they were going to give the guy, give Montgomery the, you know, the, the cut touches in a sense. But I also see a trend as you talk about different guys getting rotated in these backfields and who's playing, who's not playing. A lot of these rookie guys aren't being trusted by their coaching staff to play in adjust situations. And I think that's why you see these other guys randomly get thrown out there for different situations where guys are being pulled off the field when their teams are down and somebody else is playing for them. I think it's another situation where you saw something similar to that happen where it's just not trusting, you know, the young kid to kind of play playing third down pass situations. And I think that's why... You know, Gibbs wasn't involved in the passing attack. People thought he was going to be as much either. And I think moving forward, you're going to have pretty much a 50-50 split probably, but it's still going to be Montgomery. He's going to do a lot of the, you know, the heavy lifting in a sense. Uh, I think a good comparison backfield could be Detroit's backfield last year or even looking at what Dallas was last year with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard for the last few seasons where they had an explosive guy who gets, you know, the big plays and the guy who kind of does the dirty work and gets touchdowns.
0: I couldn't it better myself. When you're a young running back and you're not quite there at pass protecting yet, don't be surprised they come off on third downs every once in a while. I will say this. Montgomery didn't get targeted at all. So the Lions, for a team that typically would involve their running backs in the passing game, it didn't really wind up happening all that much. Uh, last week, you know, 55 snaps Gibbs is 19, took all the goal line work, but it was also the pro game script. And that's what I think is going to be the big thing for Montgomery. By the way, I'm hitting his over at 58 and a half rushing yards this week. because I do think they're going to have a pro game script again. On that note, I do have Gibbs at RB 15, believe it or not, because what I saw from him was a guy who's Ready to explode. There was a couple times where he could have took one to the house. Like he was just he was on the cusp there. So I'm not sleeping on Jameer Gibbs by any means at all. Uh wide receiver wise, Amon Ross St. Brown, plug him in. We gotta love him quite a bit. And DK Metcalf getting back on track with the touchdowns. Let's talk a little Tyler Lockett there. Uh, Chase. Help me out here. Tyler Lockett, you know, he, he, he still worked ahead of Jackson Smith and Bud, but. Wound up getting one less target. You think this is just Tyler Lockett being boomer bust? or Are you starting to get a little bit worried that Smith is going to eat enough away where Lockett might not be as consistent as years past.
1: You know, I, I've said it before that, I mean, the last, last few years, Tyler Lockett's consistency increased exponentially to where you could rely on him every single week, as opposed to trying to throw the dart and figure out which week was going to be his 32.4 points, you know, in that game. Uh, but now they've got Jackson Smith and Jigba there. That's by far the best third talent they've had there, regardless of other position, uh, you know, in the passing game. Uh, And so there's, there's competition now for targets opposite DK Metcalf. So I think Tyler Lockett may be a little more volatile. I'm not buying into the ascendancy of JSN quite just yet. And, and, and discounting Tyler Lockett. I still think Tyler Lockett is the number two in this, in this passing offense. And You know, it's a good, we know it's a good enough passing offense to sustain good numbers from their receivers. Um, Metcalf is going to be your sure thing, your steady thing. I think Lockett is going to be volatile. I think JSN is going to get his occasionally, but uh, it's going to be up and down until, until, until one of those two isn't there and can take over fully the role that right now they honestly both fill.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I still have Lockett as a top-20 receiver this week. He's still going to be in my lineup. Uh, Sam Lilly, who at the flex? Nico Collins, David Montgomery, Jordan Addison, or Javante Williams? Well, just based on my rankings alone, it would be an easy David Montgomery for me. Adam, what do you think?
2: I'm also pretty handedly David Montgomery.
0: All right, we have another question from Cruz Garcia. Would you trade Drake London for Joshua Kelly? I'll go back to Adam again on this one.
2: No, uh, I would not. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's just too much of a disparity in talent. I don't think Joshua Kelly is a, a special football player. I think he finds himself in a very strong position uh, and he is a very valuable handcuff and he can handle handle some standalone value. You know, we, we've seen uh, that offense uh, incorporate multiple backs before. And I think that uh, he will be more involved than the backs behind Eckler have been in the past, but that just, I, I can't do it. The talent disparity is too big.
0: Yep. I t- tend to agree. Joshua Kelly's only useful if Austin Eckler is going to be out and he might be out this week. We're going to talk about that later on, but I'm still going to hold on with Drake London, the talent that he is. I'm not going for a part-time running back player, uh, especially this early in the season. The one last guy I want to talk about in this matchup is Josh Reynolds. This is probably the biggest discrepancy I have. Maybe as we work through the week, the ECR will catch up, but I got him at wide receiver 47 when ECR has him at wide receiver 82, which I just don't understand. He's the only other option that I think you can trust in the passing game right now that's not named Amand Ross St. Brown, and he had a solid showing against Kansas City Chiefs in a game that didn't wind up being as high scoring as we thought it would be. I don't have him as a flex play, but I think if you have a dart play and you need to throw somebody in because he had an injury this past week, I think Josh Reynolds can be that guy.
3: Uh, Chris, do you see the same way or no? Yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, we saw the same thing from last year, and I don't know why Josh Reynolds is getting forgotten about from last year. Whenever he was healthy, he was going to get you a six to eight points. That was what he's going to do. If he scores a touchdown, you're excited, but he's going to get you 60 to 80 yards because he's that second receiver option. When Shark went out, that was the guy they looked for. And it's going to continue to be, you know, St. Brown's going to command a lot of attention. They need to throw to somebody else outside the hashes. You need a guy who can kind of push the ball down the field. And Josh Reynolds and and Jared Goff seem to have a chemistry from the old days of the Rams, too, that kind of carries over as well. Yeah. uh, Just throw this in there. Josh Reynolds (laughs) is a
1: money DFS play.
0: Yeah, 100%. Josh Reynolds is a
1: money DFS play. 100%
0: One hundred percent, Chase. You you called it right there. I love that call. And just to kind of wrap this thing up, Sam Laporta is my tight end eleven because basically, if you got five targets in your tight end, you're in my top ten this week. Congratulations, uh, Cruz Garcia. He said flex this week. Brian Robinson, Elijah Moore. I'm going to assume as Kyron Williams or Jackson Smith and Jigba. If I had to choose, it'd be Kyron Williams, but I don't feel great about that group. Who's who's got a better feeling here?
3: I think you got to strongly consider Brian Robinson. I mean, he was involved heavily last week. I think he's going to continue to be more involved than people expected him to be in a sense where they're actually going to use him in the passing attack as well. He didn't catch a touchdown pass. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a guy who's going to, you know, to us or anything like that. But Robinson's probably the safest play. If you want to go for a little more upside, Elijah Moore was heavily involved for that Cleveland offense. I know it wasn't pretty, but they handed the ball to him. They looked for him down the field. Then they the continue versus secondary. That's definitely questionable at best.
0: Yeah, remember, uh, Elijah Moore is playing against the Steelers. I like that. If you need the upside, because I don't really want to play Kyron. I I have him in my top 36. But I do have Brian Robinson a couple spots higher, but I don't love his match against Denver either. If you So if you want a safe play, I agree. Brian Robinson, if you want a a, a shot play there, I would probably take a look at Elijah Moore on Monday Night Football. Uh, let's get to our next match.